Good morning. It's great to uh, be with you and thanks for tuning in. So this is the beginning of uh, Holy Week and so with Christians around the world, we're joining together as we celebrate today's Palm Sunday, moving on towards Good Friday and then ultimately uh, Resurrection Easter Sunday. I'd like to read from Luke chapter 19 first of all. It says, as Jesus had said this, he went ahead and going up to Jerusalem, as he approached Bethpage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent his two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, The Lord has need of it. Those who were sent ahead went and found just as he had told them, and as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as they went along, people spread their cloaks along the road. And when they came near to the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And Matthew records them singing, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna in the highest. Luke goes on to say, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what could bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. I'd like to just take a moment to share three things on the power of Palm Sunday. The first thing is this, we're called to be followers, not fans. As we look at this account and we read this story, the thing that jumped out the page to me, first of all, was this. We're called to be followers, not fans. Um, in just a few days, the people that were crying on this moment, uh, the, the words of hallelujah, words of conquest, in just a few days' time, they would be saying, crucify him. Not all of those people, but there would be members in the crowd that would be saying, crucify him. And there is a danger, isn't there? On a good day, we can love it. I know what I'm like. On a great day, I'm loving Jesus. You know, I'm in church together, the sun is shining, it's good, it's great to be a Christian. And then there are days where I find the circumstance changes and uh, I don't understand. Where are you, God? You know, what's happening to me? And uh, the, the danger can be that I can fall into the trap. You and I can fall into this trap of uh, great day, conquest, on another day. Not that we say crucifying, but, you know, where are you, God, in the midst of all of this? Years ago, I went with a friend. I lived in Cornwall at the time, and I would have been about 11 years of age. And a, a friend of mine, next door mate, who was about 13, said, let's go and watch Truro City play football. Truro City. Truro's a city because it's a cathedral town. And uh, I think we, I turned up with this friend of mine. He went every week. He was a real follower of Truro City. And uh, I went with him to watch this match, and um, about 80 people turned up. I think we paid 15p a ticket, it was that long ago. 
and there were 80 people watching this football match and um, I went along because they gave out a free riding wheel at the time and uh, you know he went every week no matter what he paid his dues yeah I think he paid for my ticket as well and um, I was not a follower I turned up I wouldn't even class myself as a fan and so it's, you know, we've got to be careful, haven't we? You know, fans, I, I, read, I read an interesting book by Kyle Eidelman, and it's called Not a Fan, Becoming a Completely Committed Jesus Follower. And this is a quote that he has to say. He said, fans will try to make Jesus one of many. Some fans may even make Jesus the first of many. But when Jesus defines the relationship, he makes it clear he wants to be your one and only. And the thought is this today really, uh, life has been really stripped back for all of us. We're all in the same boat, I said this last week, um, and we now have more time at home and uh, there is a danger that we can fall into the trap of being a content viewer and um, whether it's TV content, you know, online streaming content, Christian content, and you know let's be intentional with our attention jesus said this man does not live by bread alone but every word that comes from the mouth of god uh, one bible translation says a steady stream from the heart of god and i think andrew was sharing recently in his devotional about being connected to jesus and so let's be a follower jesus calls us to be a follower not just a fan and uh, so that's the, the, the first thing that we see from this, this account and story. The second thing I want to say is this, release your cry of confidence. Matthew records the people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. It's a little bit different from what Luke records, but I, I really like um, Matthew's account as well, because that word Hosanna, that he, he, he uses means, Lord, save us. Now, from an Old Testament point of view, that was a plea and a cry. Uh, you could put it this way, an expectation. Looking forward to, they were, they were expecting, they were looking forward to, they didn't realise that this Messiah, the Saviour, was going to bring a heavenly kingdom. They were looking for an earthly kingdom, and this is where they got it wrong. But um, in the Old Testament, the idea there is, is, it's a plea, it's a cry, Lord save us. But in the New Testament, that is not just a, a plea and a cry, it's a praise of confidence. It's the same word, Lord save us, but it goes further. It's, Lord, your salvation is here, because Jesus is the Emmanuel. And this is what I'm, I'm saying. You know, we can have a, a cry of confidence for the here and now. Lord, you're here save us salvation has come salvation is here salvation is in our god and we sing that song salvation belongs to the lord but it's for the here and now and this is the, with the confidence that we can now come it's not just a plea and cry of our future salvation but salvation is here and so whatever you're feeling right now we can say that declare that with a sense of hope and confidence because Jesus is with us amongst us here and right now. So maybe you don't feel too confident at the moment. Others have felt like me and just like you. Martin Luther said this, I have held many things in my hands and I have lost them all, but whatever I have placed into God's hands 
that I still possess. Let's place our lives into his hands. And um, I love this. I was reading um, a man called Kirk Franklin, Christian and writer and singer, and, and said this, God may allow us at times to hit rock bottom to show us he's the rock at the bottom. And, you know, maybe you do feel that you're, you're a bit at the bottom, but, you know, God is the rock. We can call upon him with a sense of confidence right now. And so let's, you know, call upon him. Let's, let's release our Hosanna. Save us here, right now. Let your salvation come upon us right at this very moment. Final thing that I'd like to say is this. It's a call upon his compassion. In the account we read this, where Jesus, it says, and Luke picks this up, and Luke is brilliant at picking up the heartbeat of Jesus. It says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. He wept over it. I believe that Jesus weeps. I believe that he cares. I believe that he is moved during this unprecedented time you know, in your life, my life, our, our town, our nation, the world. I believe that he really does truly, truly have a heart of compassion. And, you know, because his heart is a heart of compassion, a heart of grace, and a heart of mercy. We see it in this account. Jerusalem is the place that kills the prophets. Jerusalem is the place that he could see that he was going to lose his life. And yet he wept with great mercy and incredible love. You know, I'm sure that you've done did this recently, but Helen and I, uh, along with many others in our area, in the Pennyfields area, a few nights ago stood outside our door to applaud our, our NHS workers. Amazing thing, and it was great to do. And we, we did that. We appreciated the NHS uh, for their wonderful work. And uh, it was, you know, quite an, um, an amazing experience to do that. And, and it was right to do, and it, and it was so good to do. But, but let me say this, um, as good and as right as it was to do that, and we'll do it again and again and again, um, and we, we'll continue to do that, uh, human empathy, absolutely right, we're gonna do this, we're gonna continue to empathize and stand together, but human empathy won't save this world. The thing that saves this world is holy mercy. Holy mercy is going to be the thing that's going to save our world. You know, I say this because it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so the most amazing thing that we can do, we are going to empathise, we're going to applaud our NHS, we're going to stand together, we're going to be moved with human love and compassion. But what I would want to say is this, during this time, let's appeal, let's pray, let's appeal to God's Jesus, the Holy Spirit's divine and holy mercy. He weeps. He has the power to change things. He has the power to act. He is moved by our prayers, through our prayers. Let's appeal to his divine mercy. In conclusion then, to release the power of Palm Sunday. Let's follow Jesus. Let's focus our hearts, refocus, uh, not just be a content follower, but a Jesus follower. Secondly, let's release our cry of confidence, our Hosanna. 
Salvation is here. Let it be here right now, Lord. And finally, let's call upon his compassion. Yeah, by all means, be moved with our own hearts, the practical things that we can do. But let's really seek him. Let's really pray and call upon the compassion of God. His heart is a heart of goodness. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are ever-present. You're always there. You're with us right now in this moment. Thank you that we've not got to be in a church building uh, to be your people, Lord. We're your people today. And Lord, we look to you in this moment. Father, we just thank you for that message that we've heard this morning, that reminder that we are called to be more than just a fan, we're called to follow you. Jesus, we just thank you for that incredible invite that you extend to us to come and follow you. Lord, I just pray that in our hearts this morning that we would be a people who release a cry of confidence. Lord God, there's so much in this world that is being shaken, but Lord, thank you that when we look to you, we don't need to be shaken because we can have an incredible sense of confidence in who you are and what you're doing at this time. So I pray for anyone today uh, that they may just place their trust and confidence in you at this time. And Father, we just thank you that as we've been reminded this morning, you are a compassionate, loving, patient, heavenly Father. Thank you for your incredible compassion. Thank you that your compassion towards us moved you to step down onto this earth and to uh, call us to be your own. And Father, I pray that it's in that compassion that we would find compassion towards others too. Thank you, Father. I just pray that that word would settle in our hearts and transform our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.